Hey guys, well today I am revisiting an interview I did with Melanie Shankle. This was a great interview where we talked about raising teens and being in that awkward middle space of life. If you're not familiar with Melanie Shankle, she is amazing, she is hilarious, she's an author, a longtime mommy blogger, which is how I got to know her. She's also a podcaster. She and Sophie Hudson do the Big Boo podcast every week. It is very funny. Um, she's the author of several books. Sparkly Green Earrings is one of my favorites, and then On the Bright Side, which is about stories of friendship and love. Um, she is really funny, but also really insightful, and I think you guys will appreciate this interview. Do you ever have that experience of like seeing someone else and being like, am I that age? Am yes. I their age? And then you're yes. like, I am that age. I am their age. Yeah. I am their age. And like, and it feels so different. Like I'm older, like my mom had me when she was 24 and I didn't have Caroline until she was 32. So like, I'm, I'm older than my mom was. So it's really humbling when I look back and think, oh, my parents were like in their early forties when they sent me to college, Yeah. You know? like, and I thought they were ancient. Totally. And like, I'll be I'll, I'll turn 50. Like I'll send Caroline off to mm -hmm. college and turn 50 all in the same, same week, which mm -hmm. is um, going to be a week that I'm going to need to get away. I mean, I'm going to need some sort of therapy, but right. Yeah. But it is, you look and you're like, well, I'm not that old. And then you're like, oh no, I am that old. Well, I had this weird experience where I watched the bachelor. I mean, listen, mm -hmm. and me too. No shame. And I'm watching it. And I realized like, I'm the same age as some of these people's parents. Like when they do the yeah. hometown week, I'm like, I'm the age yeah. of the parents of the contestants. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's so weird. Yeah. Like, because I think the thing is, and I've always known this, and I remember my grandmother telling me this, is you really don't ever feel any different because you're still you. Yeah. And so I keep thinking like by this age, I was going to be so much like smarter or wiser or have so many more answers. And I'm like, and I don't, and that's so disappointing. Like I, thought, I know, like I'm still just a mess and insecure. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. wait. you know what I'm, I'm waiting for? That thing everyone talks about where you like, you just stop caring. I'm waiting for that. Yeah. That sounds yeah. liberating. Yeah. But I still I know. care. And it's, no, I know. And I'm like, and maybe it's kind of good. I mean, you need to care a little, you uh -huh. know, I'm like, I'm like, it's a slippery uh -huh. slope. I think if you get to where, I don't know, it's what keeps me trying to use face products and trying to do something about Well, I have fully told my children if I end up in assisted living that they are there <laughs> weekly doing my eyebrows and chin hair. Yeah. Like, listen, yes. no one, like if I can't do it myself, no yeah. one let it go. <laughs> No, do not. I mean, that's, and I feel like during this like quarantine time, like I've done so much, like I did a whole like quarantine face peel and you like did. I had to tell Perry and Caroline that I was like, do not mock me. Like my whole face is going to peel off and shed like a snake, yes. but this is what I need to do. It's where I am. And this is a good time to do it. And now I bought this like led, like red light that's supposed <gasps> to help with wrinkles. Ooh, yes. And so I hold it, but it's like a wand. So I sit <laughs> at night and it's just this. <laughs> And then she just look at me and I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Just, I'm trying. Yeah. This is what yeah. I, she's like, mom, you look ridiculous. And I'm like, well, when I was 16 and had your skin, I didn't have to do this, but now no. I do. So I just did before quarantine, I did a vampire facial, which oh, is those where look intense. It was disgusting. Yeah. You, it was like micro, micro, macro needling. 
Yeah. And they put needles all around your face and then they take your blood plasma out and put it back on your face. <laughs> Listen, I do a, a self-care podcast mm-hmm. and 50% of my motivation is like, I'm just going to try a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah, talk I mean, about it. You have to. So do you think it's, it's research? Yeah, it is research. Did you feel better after the vampire face? Yes, I felt better okay. for like a month. Like my my mm-hmm. skin felt amazing. But then it went back. Yeah. And yeah. I just can't I can't maintain vampire facials. Like no. I don't have that lifestyle. No, that's I mean just thing. finding the time to do that in and of itself was like moving a mountain. Yeah, that's it. Is it's just because now I'm like my skincare regimen, I swear, is like twelve different steps morning and night. And I'm like, this is intense. So, you know, and there's yeah. days because I've got like the new face thing. So I'm doing the mm-hmm. microshock and then I've got my light <laughs> that I'm doing and I'm my scrub and the whole <laughs> And I'm like, it feels like I compared to, I'm like, it feels like I'm fighting at the Alamo is how it feels. I know, like, it I'm does. Just, I'm outnumbered. <laughs> I, I, I'm never going to survive it. In, I'm just in, holding on by a string. I'm <laughs> still here. <laughs> and what am I going to do? So, oh gosh. Well, I, I, I mean, you have to dipped your toes in the water of hair blogging at this point. I, I mean, did. You're, you're practically a hair blogger. I, I mean, I really am. I yeah. really am. I feel like they're very professional if you watch them. <laughs> It's, it's almost like I'm a fashion blogger. Um, no, this is the other humbling thing I think about when you have a book coming out is like, I was really, you know, you're trying to be on Instagram more and you're trying mm-hmm. to engage with your audience and yes. you want people to know about your book and yes. nobody really blogs anymore. So you're like, I'm on Instagram. And so I'm like doing all these like Instagram stories, like my book's coming out. And like, basically people were like, we don't care. How do you do your hair? Totally. And I was like, okay, that feels right. And so I did a hair tutorial and I'm going to tell you that thing has been viewed, um, which today you may be like, why did she do a hair tutorial? But there were times that my hair looked good. And so I did it and I showed people like, this is how I get these ways and whatever. That thing has been viewed like four times as many times as anything I've said about my book. Oh, I watched it in full and took notes. Thank you, Chris. I did. I was like, what, 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 what is she doing? No. <laughs> like then I'd had like a messy bun one day where it was really I yes! literally just thrown it up and people were like, Oh my gosh, how do you do your bun? And I'm like, Hey, y'all remember I have a book. Mm-hmm. Does anybody anybody interested in buying my life? Give work? the people what they want. That's it. Like I get You're up, an experienced author <laughs> with much to say. Yeah. They just want to know about your hair. Yeah. It's just but you know what? what matters. I would really take that as a compliment. I Well that's not I mean uh, you know what? I think you're doing something right. I think you are a cool mom if people well, want to know how you do your hair. I'm trying. I mean, you know, Caroline, nobody's more thrilled than your teenager when you get on your Instagram <laughs> stories to show everybody how you do your hair. That's what do everybody you, really wants. Do you have friends of your daughter following you on your platforms? I do. Yeah, that's do. weird, right? Do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, and they, uh-huh. they're mortified. I mean, yeah. I've even offered, I'm like, I'll go through and block them all. I don't know. Yeah. It's but awkward. It's weird. Yeah. And you're kind of like, and I'm always, I think about that. And like, now I ask Caroline and I have for years, like before I post anything about her, yeah. I'm like, are you good with this? Like, are yeah. you okay with this? Because the thing is too, like you have multiple kids, but for her, I can't just be like a child who will remain unnamed. She's my yes. only child. So I'm like, you're yes. just, you're in it. Like everybody knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, 
But I do think about that every time I go to post something, I'm like, okay, her friends are going to see this and the people that she goes to school with are going to see this and her teachers are going to see this. So it makes you careful, which is probably good because if I didn't have that, I would have zero filter at all. Like, I think I would just, I would almost be prone to like tell everything if I didn't think people I actually knew and communicated with in real life were watching. Well, it's funny because, you know, I don't know if you felt like this when you were, you know, when we were more blogging, but it was like, obviously I wanted people to read my blog, but I didn't want people I knew to read my blog. (laughs) Isn't that weird? Yeah. I wanted like, anonymous people to read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not, but not like other moms at school. That's the whole thing. And I felt like I was able to get it. Cause when did you start blogging? When did you, cause you were early. Yeah. 2000, 2007. I think. Okay. So I was like 2006 ish, like yeah. end of 2006. And that's why, I mean, I called it big mama, which has followed me, but it was because Caroline was not even three. Yeah. And so, you know, when you start it and your kids are that little, you can tell everything. Yeah. Right. And I didn't use my name. I mean, you know, because that yeah. was like super scary. So like yeah. you didn't use your real name. You didn't know totally. identifying details and all that stuff. But then when the book, I remember when my first book, I think came out in 2012. Then you got to give it up. kept saying like, you've got to, yeah. you, you need your real name on everything. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I was not prepared for that. Yeah. You know? It's weird. It is weird. And it's been an interesting journey because I feel like, you know, when kids are little and you're talking about diaper blowouts or Mm -hmm. tantrums, those are universal. Every child will experience that. And so when you're talking about your child in in those scenarios, it doesn't feel like you're revealing a lot about your child in specific. Yes. Yes. They're universal. Mm -hmm. But then as like they become teenagers, things are really personal. Yeah. And then it feels like I just really felt like I really have to guard stuff now. And I feel like I shifted from talking as much about my own kid and experiences with my children and kind of shifted into like more talking about my experience as a mom, as opposed Mm -hmm. to what was happening with them. Yeah. And and I think that's, and to me, that's only fair because it becomes their life and their stories. And, um, and so it's like now, and I think that's why so many of us, like, I mean, for me, I really quit blogging just because, I mean, I still do this fashion Friday thing, but like for by and large, I'm like, my day to day is most of it is either way too boring because I have a teenager who's on her own all the time, or it's too personal. Like we can't talk about it. And I, it's stuff like I keep notes because I'm like, to me, it'll be stuff that I can write about later. Right. But I can't write about it while we're in the middle of it. I feel that too. Yeah. I absolutely have to let them get through all their teen angst and stuff while they're dealing with it. I agree. And then it's funny because then it's like you kind of have to, like with my book, and this was my first book, so I hadn't had that experience yet, like kind of talking through the whole book with my kids. Like, are you guys okay if I say this or are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. That was a weird experience too. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know that people they know are going to read it and it's Mm -hmm. like, you just don't want to put anything out there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You don't need that additional heat as a parent. Does your daughter read your books? No, she's right. Yeah. No. Well, it's really funny because I have four Uh and three are completely uninterested. Okay. And then I have one child who really wanted to read it and I kept putting it off because one of the girls I'm betting one of the girls, of course, my oldest Uh daughter, who's a voracious reader. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, she probably, it it might be that she wanted to read it because the libraries are still closed. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how flattering it is. Like, I think yeah, she's just I need that something. bored. Like, this yeah. is the only new book in the house. 
but I kept putting her off just because there's a chapter in there about divorce. And I think I was, okay. I think I was pretty, I, I think I was pretty chill, but I still uh -huh. was like, I don't know. And then yeah. I like went to her room the other night and she's like hid, hidden the book underneath <laughs> the pillow. She's read the whole thing. I'm like, okay. Well, now it's out. I know. That's, I mean, I think she'll read them. I think she's read, she's read part of Sparkly Green Earrings, which was my first one. And yeah. It's all about her. Yeah. Um, so that held her interest. And then I told her like a couple of years ago, because I have a book, Nobody's Cuter Than You, that's all about female friendships. And I she was kind of going one. through some friend stuff. And I said, yeah. maybe you ought to read. I said, this would be a good time. And she was like, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Well, so, I, she's not interested in that. I also, when India was complaining about her lack of books, Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know, I have all these books. I'm like, come up to yeah. my room. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm trying to sell her on Jen Hatmaker's book. Yeah. Your book. Like, I'm like, look at Like, I have all these books that I think they're mm -hmm. really funny. I think you would like them. She was like, yeah, mm. no. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Not, not so much. She's like, does anyone fall in love in them? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. You're like, no, there's, there's is no. Is there a teenage love triangle in any of which I get, listen, that's, that's my genre right there. Give me a good love story. But, um, you're like, no, these are just books that may help you be a better person. I don't know, but heaven forbid, we don't want to do that. Totally. Yeah. Well, you know, as you are, you know, you're talking about this middle space and I, I feel that so much, like, what do you think is next for you? Like, what do you, you know, as, as you go like, okay, you know, my kid is launching Yeah. and yeah as we all need, every mother has to do this. We have to figure out our, our identity outside of being mm. a mom. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, unless we've done our job very poorly, we'll yeah. be launching them. Yes. Yeah. They that's will, the goal. That's they the will goal. go on to live without us. Like what, yeah. you know, where do you feel like you're investing or you're, you know, putting your energy as you sort I mean, of walk? To me, I feel like it's been that I've really been mindful of, and if, if you've read anything I write, like I think because I have an only child and mm -hmm. I had a real dysfunctional childhood. And so mm -hmm. to me, it's like my home and my family and, and doing this has kind of been my priority. So I feel like I've turned down a lot of opportunities and a lot mm -hmm. of things I could do in the name of, I don't want to miss soccer games right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't like being away from home right now. Yeah. And so I kind of look at this time where I'm like, this is going to be the new chapter where I am going to be free to yeah. speak more and do more ministry stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, and to, and to write a book about, because I, I've thought so much about, there was this whole group of us that came up together that all wrote about the younger years. And mm -hmm. I feel like it shed so much light on this is what it's like to have a toddler. And these are the things I'm wrestling with and all that. But I'm like, there's not a whole lot to me that's been written about the empty nester years. There's you know, what not. Is, there, there's not. And just yeah. the, to me as women, like, I think if we view that as like, this is a new beginning mm -hmm. and we're in a season of our life where a lot of times, all of a sudden now we have the financial resources to do more mm -hmm. and we have the freedom to do more, yeah. we're more settled and, and where can we use that impact? And so, yeah. um, you know, that to me is, I really, I want to do that well. Like I'm really figuring out ways that I can dial in, you know, in my community and my church and how to make a difference here at home, but also to be able to travel more and um, do more ministry and speaking and things like that, because I've got the time now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if, if we ever get past the pandemic, that's yeah, what I plan once, to do. You know, in, in 10 years when all of this is over. You yeah. can leave your house. Yes, exactly. Then that's, that's my plan. So what about you? 
I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way and I'm, I'm a ways away. I mean, my youngest is 11, mm-hmm. so I still, you know, but I, I do feel grateful that I've always, even, and, and I'm similar to you and I also had a dysfunctional childhood and have really tried to be intentional around being present. Um, I had a, I was a pastor's kid. My dad traveled mm-hmm. a ton, a ton. And I grew up in that sort of, um, well, it's the Lord's work. So you yeah. can't be upset that he's gone mm-hmm. or you're, or you hate Jesus. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I have tried, like, I mean, like you, I've, I've kind of, I don't know, honed in a little bit, but I'm really grateful. And I'm sure you feel the same way that I have always kind of had my own thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've always kind of had my own identity and I, I didn't, certainly didn't think it would be writing. I, Mm -hmm. when I started having kids, I was a therapist. Yeah. I guess I just thought I'd be a therapist through, throughout everything, throughout everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I found, I don't know, like I found that to be really difficult when I had, when I was bringing, you know, Kembe home and I had four little kids Mm -hmm. and everybody had like a lot of emotional needs. And I was like, I can't take care of these people and these people. Yeah. Um, but I feel glad that I have a, a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I would just, I would, I would give that encouragement to moms, like have a thing, yeah. even if it's a yeah. small thing, have a thing yeah. that's yours. Yeah. Yeah. I think that my best friend and I say that all the time. It's right? like my, our kids don't need us. There goes my light again. Um, like our kids don't need us focusing on them 24 seven. Like they it's don't. not good for them and it's not good for us because they don't. I start to neurotic and I worry about every little mm-hmm. thing and I'm trying to control every little thing. Totally. It's like, I think it's so good as a woman, like you've got to have that thing yeah. that I'd like, if you're a wife and a mom, that's great. And to me, that was, it's funny because like, that's all I ever wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Like I was not this, I didn't have these grand ambitions of whatever. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I yeah. grew up. I mean, I was 40 when I finally wrote a book and was like, Oh, this yeah. turns out, this is what I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, but I never had that thing. So it's, but you look and, and once that happens, you're like, but you still need that thing that's yours. Because to me, it reminds you of the girl that you've always been like, yes. what are your hopes and dreams and yeah. your feelings and your thoughts? And I just think it's so important to stay connected to that. Cause I think ultimately it makes your marriage better. I think yeah. it makes you a better mom. I think it's good for your kids. I mean, yes. I know you're like me with like with daughters. It's like, I want her to see like, this is what it's like to mm-hmm. pursue your dream and to do yep. something that means something to you. And yep. that's how, that's where you're going to be happy is like figuring mm-hmm. out what is that thing that God has for you and doing it, you know? Totally. Um, so. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you said that because I wrote about that in the book too, just that I think we do our a disservice to our kids when we put this feeling on them that there are everything. Yeah. Because I think it's a lot of pressure for mm-hmm. one, because then you kind of feel like, well, I guess I'm emotionally caretaking for my mother. Yeah. Yeah. Only thing in life is me. Yeah. Um, but I also think that when our kids think that all we do is kind of lay in wait for them, like when yes. they're, when we are their butlers, like, yes. what do you need? Do, yes. do, do you Here need I me am. to watch a cartwheel? Do you need yeah. me to, you know, I, I have no <laughs> things happening. I'm just waiting for you. Yeah. I just don't think that that serves well in teaching them empathy because I think empathy is understanding that the other people around you have their own thoughts and feelings, right? Yeah. And their own experiences. And so to me, a part of even building empathy is showing my kids, like, I have needs too. Like, Mm -hmm. like right now, I'm not going to 
put the code in for your video game because I haven't yeah. eaten yet and I'm going to pee. And those are my physical needs. Yes, yes, yes. And it's going to make them better people right. to learn that the revolve. Because I think that's part of the parenting balance is you want mm-hmm. to take care of them, but you also need them to know the world doesn't revolve around them. Yes. And it's like sometimes you have to wait. And yeah. this isn't about you right now. You yes. Know? So. Yes. I yeah. totally think that's important. It's a good, and I think, you know, it's interesting because I had something happen with Caroline a couple of months ago and it was back when she was in school and, you know, you, you don't, your kids never acknowledge that they think you're necessarily doing a good job or no. that they're paying attention to anything you do. But she had this interaction and she came home and she was just telling it at the dinner table, like a story, like she was like, Oh, today. And she goes, I was in this class and this guy just made some comment to me and just said, well, your mom's just a basic soccer mom. He said, she just drives her car and has her part, you know, whatever. And was kind of whatever. And she goes, and I looked at him and I said, you don't know anything about my mom. My mom's a badass author. Like she travels around and she's worked her butt off. And I was like, Oh, you don't know that you're validating me right now. (laughs) Cause otherwise you probably wouldn't be doing it. But it was that thing of like, you noticed (laughs) (laughs) because she never really, you know, like she'll be like, that's great mom that your new book came out today. But like, there's my family is not a real big, they keep me real grounded, you know, like they're like, And so it's, it was so validating in that moment of like, oh, she is paying attention. Like, I don't, I don't think she's paying attention, but they are, they are, they are attention. Yeah, they are. Although yes, speaking of grounding, I have to tell you what my daughter said about, she read the, the forward of my Uh book and Uh I wrote it to my kids in the midst of the sarcasm. I hope this reads as a love letter to the adventure of being your mom. It's been the best ride of my life. Uh My daughter read that and she goes deadpan. Get a life, mom. <laughs> that was her response to me dedicating my oh, first book to her. Your Get heart a and life. soul. And you're like, you're my whole heart and soul walking <laughs> around in human form. Like I just did. Yes. God. She's like, ugh. Oh, Gross. I know. And you're like, <laughs> I know. That's, I mean, Caroline, I think my new book is dedicated to she and Perry. And I don't think either one of them have even read the dedication. No. I don't think they even know. Like, no. I really don't. And I'm like, I'm just going to kind of wait and see. If they don't. <laughs> like, totally. And she said there was one night at dinner, and this has been years ago, but we were sitting and she was talking about some friend of hers at school and that distantly she was related to the Wright brothers, you know, and this whole thing. And she was sitting there and she goes, are we related to anybody that's famous? And Perry like kind of pointed his fork at me. He goes, your mom. And she said, who are you related to that's famous? (laughs) (laughs) It made me laugh because I don't think I'm famous, but it is that thing kind of like, you you know, she was like, like she couldn't even fathom like, well, what has mom done that's anything? Oh, totally. Okay. All right. Well, my kids are like, so now that you've written a book, are you going to be on like Jimmy Fallon? And I was like, well, I don't think Jimmy Fallon has authors really on and I'm not a celebrity. And then they were like, well, he's had um, the, you know, the lady who wrote um, Harry Potter. Yeah. I will not be, (laughs) I will not be as famous as her. No, and they were just uh, kind of like, oh. Yeah. Chances are there's not going to be like a Rage Against the Minivan theme park. I don't mean no. to burst your bubble, but Mm-mm. that's that's the kind of the yeah. equivalent of, I always, I've told this story before, but when we, when my first book came out and it, my publisher called me like two weeks later and was like, congratulations, you hit the New York Times. And I was like, oh my gosh. And like, I was like freaking out. Perry was out in the backyard and I went, I was like, oh my gosh, like they hit book at the New York Times. And I mean, we were like celebrating and like popping champagne and it was this whole thing of like we are set and like two weeks later we got the actual sales numbers and I never will forget Perry looked at me he goes huh so not a lot of people read books and I was like 
It's so true. <laughs> I was like, yeah, pretty much. I was like, it was so like you pictured like this. He's like, so it's steel. a real low bar. <laughs> Doesn't take much, huh? Because <laughs> before you don't know what that means. Like you're no, like, it seems like, like a really big be. deal. Yeah. And then you're like, oh no, this is not, no, not a lot of people read. That's the whole, and guess what? Even less people read now than read in 2012. So there's that. Yes, they do. Yeah. Thanks, Netflix. Thanks, thanks Netflix and the pandemic and And Instagram. I think people read Instagram now. Yeah. I think that's their books. I mean, that's, I know. And listen, I'm guilty of it. I can't even judge because I'm like, there's so many nights where I'm like, all I have the bandwidth for are Instagram stories. Like I can't. I can't do anything else, which yeah. I hate, but it's just, I guess oh. it's just where we are. The number of books I read in the pandemic is zero. Yeah, me too. Me zero. too. And I, I was kept, just so stressed. Yeah. And I kept ordering them off of me Amazon. Like, I, like maybe Same. this will be the book that'll change it. Yeah. And now I've just got this stack of books totally. that I haven't read. So. Me too. Yeah. Maybe someday um, I'll read again. I know. Mm. I mean, anyway, I mean, everyone should buy our books. You will, but... Yeah, for sure. If you're going to read a book... <laughs> One of ours is really where you should start. I mean, none of us read books anymore, LOL, but you should definitely buy ours. Yes. <laughs> Worst marketing ever. I know. Yeah. Well, oh I, I mean, I don't know if there's anything more mortifying than marketing a book. I will say, uh, I mean. It's the worst. It's the it's worst. The, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. And you're in the same boat as me. It's like when mine started to come out, it was like right when all the coronavirus start was happening. Yep. And you're like, buy my book. It's called On the Bright Side. You're like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> totally. And then now we're in the middle of just one of the greatest crises to me our country has ever known. Yeah. You know, with the killing of George Floyd and the riots and everything oh, it's else. terrible. Like the whole world feels like it's on fire. Totally. And it does feel like, okay, would you like to buy my book? Right. I mean, buy like, my humor memoir. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> But yeah. sometimes we need a distraction. Sometimes yes. it's good to come up for air because that yes. to me is what over the weekend I was like, by Sunday night, I was like, I've got to, I've got to unplug a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I've just, I've got to like, and not to be unaware and not to put my head in Obviously. the sand, but just to catch a breath, like just to catch a breath. Well, I mean the, yeah, I mean the, the act of unplugging indicates that you have been engaged Yeah, Matthew. and watching and you know, yeah. in the first place. But yeah, yeah, we I've I've been experiencing some of the same stuff. Like, okay, I'm like watch I'm watching this all unfold to the point that my stomach is hurting. Yeah. Like I'm actually feeling physically sick. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. And then if I'm not well for my kids, then That's I'm it. not yeah. And then yeah. you quit sleeping and then you're like, yeah. well, now everything's worse because now I'm oh. sleep deprived and I'm feeling all these things and yes. I don't know what to do with it. And, you know, on top of, I mean, it's like I told my daughter the other night, I said, it's like we had locked everybody up for, you know, two or three months. Mm-hmm. And I said, and then it's like, I said, essentially it's like we spilled gasoline and then we've yeah. lit a match on it. It's, I said, cause absolutely. everybody was so angry and frustrated anyway. Absolutely. And it's just, it's too much to process. So it's, it's like, so you've, much. you've still got to take care of yourself in the yeah. midst of all that. So yes, yeah, it's tough. It is tough. All right. Well, speaking of self-care, yes. what, what has been maybe two things that have been self-care saving graces for you recently? Mm. What are, I mean, anything, a candle, a book, a practice. Yeah. I think for me, my two biggest things, number one is we have two dogs. Um, Mm -hmm. I write about them a lot in my books. They actually have their own children's book. Um, But taking them and we have these nature trails back behind our house. Mm -hmm. And I feel like during all of this, like Uh 
thank God that if a pandemic had to hit, it hit in the springtime when the mm -hmm. weather was nice in Texas, because yes. I'm in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, and so just being able to take the dogs and just mm -hmm. go on these long walks through the nature trails and just totally. get out and breathe yep. fresh air and feel yes. normal. And there were so many, like, it was so nice because there were so many neighbors that were out walking. Yeah. Um, you know, that even though everybody's social distancing and all that yeah. stuff, it was just that sense of community of yeah. we're all here. Totally. We're all going to get by. Like, yep. Um, so the that sun is was, still shining. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like there's, you know, it just, it, it just was a little sense of normalcy in the midst of something that felt so not normal. Yeah. Um, and that was a good place for me to get, kind of get out my stress and to pray and to yeah. just think. Um, so that's one thing. And then if I'm totally honest, I'm going to say vodka and Topo Chico <laughs> is the other, I mean, that's good. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to say, yeah, when you're home all day, like I would look at the clock and I'd be like, Ding, it's five o'clock. Like it's time. Totally. It's okay. Yeah. And just it, it, I needed something that felt, it was almost like I would, it was like celebratory to make yeah. it through another day. Yeah. I know sounds so, I get that. But like it just felt like something that was a yeah, shift. A marker, like a little yes. marker of like, yes, yes. it's, it's, we're shifting in the evening. Yes. And so it became my, together. yes. And I, I learned the vodka and Topo Chico. It's always been a drink that I've liked, but to me, I was watching Real Housewives of New York, which is where I get so much of my knowledge. And one of them sure. mentioned that her doctor had told her it was just better to stay, stick to all clear alcohol yes. and not wine for the calorie count. And yes. so I felt like I was doing something good for myself, but I was I also mean, trying to do it in a healthy way. You were being healthy. That's exactly right. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at, at @selfiepodcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care.